Welcome to Everything In Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into topics ranging from true crime to paranormal occurrences to urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma. I'm the dad. That's Anish. Um, and let's see, how was your week? Well, how are your two days that I was away for? Um, it's, I mean, it's not bad. It was, uh, I don't remember what we did. Yeah. Oh. So, life is forgettable without me, you're saying. Yeah. Thinking. <laughs> what did we do? Yeah. Oh, it was that tranquil, peaceful... Oh, I do hey. remember it. Hey! No. It was like, actually, we were looking at how we we're going to change a room. Hey! And I think we're moving um, the computer desk, making hey. it back into an no, office. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, no, and then no? I think, I think your mom no. said it was okay that we could actually put one of those... Um, like L-shaped couches in there so we can I make it a cool not. room. Oh, no, no. It'll be perfect. Actually, what I no. could do, I should ask your mom about this. We could actually make it the new podcast studio once you leave. So when we figure out what we're doing after, I can use it as a studio. We? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. So, yeah, actually, it wasn't bad. I'm not too opposed to that bit. <clears throat> but I'm still here. So we don't have to talk about what you're going to do to my house. I mean, my room. Again, it originally <laughs> wasn't your room. It was our office. And then you decided and to have a child. That's on you. Decide is a <laughs> strong word. You did decide to have a child. Again, it's one of those things like if I knew ne- then what I know now, well, whatever. All right. Well, you didn't. And so that's your mistake, pal. Mm. Anyway. If we can um, only learn from those. Anyway. All right, so you may be wondering why I'm saying did we even talk about this in the last one yeah we did oh then you're not wondering i went to oberlin um for two days it was really great i got to fly by myself or well, kind of by myself without parental supervision you flew to paris in eighth grade but like i, I mean you went to adults. another country yeah but really were they were they Although adults I feel like Ohio were they adults kind of like another country there's no, like no. nothing there again i'm not sure i think what Sorry, you did in Ohio eighth grade people. was a lot more um i think it was scarier than going to Ohio. Well, so, I didn't sleep on Ohio. So kudos to you because you, you know, Paris and now. And now Ohio. Oberlin, yeah. <laughs> um, it was really fun. I went to Oberlin College and it was a really cool place. I ate dinner. I ate my second dinner at 10 p.m. It was so great. Oh, my gosh. It was mac and cheese. Oh, my God. I'm glad you're making your decisions based on food. Listen, it's kind of important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be eating there for my next four years if I go. So, you know, Kay. it's kind of an important thing. Again, you're um, their problem if you go there. Anyway, I got cool campus tour. Uh, I got to sit in on some college classes. I was completely lost, obviously, but it was really cool. And I'm going to do another overnight at Wesleyan soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then when I got back, we had so much TV to catch up on. Uh, we had some BuzzFeed Unsolved. We had some Great Bridge Bake Off. So why don't we start with the Bake Off? What, okay. did, what did you think so far? Or no spoilers, of course, but. 
Um, what do you think of I mean, season? it's. I think there have been better seasons. That's pretty fair. I think I'm more invested in the other participants in years. I mean, this is not a bad group of people. I mean, I do like them. It's not like I yeah. dislike it. But I think in the other groups, there was a better dynamic where, uh, I don't know, I'm not as sad when people leave. Mm. And, it was uh, kind of shocking the last two episodes. Okay. The people that they sent home. I guess. I mean, I also think that... Um, Noel and Sandy are just getting tired. I mean, like, it's just the same old. That's true. They so, don't have the same energy as Mel and Sue, I feel like. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just. And I'm just Mary Berry, as always. Yeah. But the amount of innuendos in this show currently, oh my gosh. I think you're just late to the game when it came to that. No, they said, I, I was told that it was going to be more family friendly that they since they moved over to Channel 4 or whatever. Like, you know how they did the whole moving thingy? Yeah, I understand. But I think Channel 4, I, like, is oh, then maybe it was the opposite but i i don't know i guess you can't really say the f-bomb on a family-friendly show you can say the f-bomb in the uk after a certain period of time and anything else you want to say and it's not a problem <laughs> okay well i'll take your word for it um and then buzzfeed unsolved we are caught up on yep. you're not a fan of this season you're not finding it any Again, I just anything? think that no, because it's not scary. You've what was scary? When have you been scared on, on that show? I don't think I've been like scared, but like no, no solid evidence. Again, I think I'm at the point now where it's oh, they're gonna do this. I feel like I'm watching a Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> like, I just I don't know. What to tell you. I, again, I like the two of. I think they're great. They're funny, but I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know how this keeps going. Oh, well, I do. It's because it's good. It's very good. I like it. Okay. And they're Decent. funny. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Time, I know? think they are, they are great chemistry, the two of them. I'm just wondering, like, you know, what? it's just the same old thing, right? All right, let's go in there. Let's see what happens. Let's see Ryan get scared. Oh, let's see Shane make fun of Ryan. Oh, now let's see him put up the spirit box. Oh, let them hear hear something that they want to hear, even though it's just radio stations. Oh, <laughs> now let's see Shane go up and mock the ghosts that are in there and try to offend them in some way while Ryan is also being like, oh my God, don't offend him because I'm going next. And then Ryan goes in. He gets scared. Oh my God, he hears something. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just... Okay, so not for you, I guess. No, I just, I, I guess it would be interesting. Like, I think they have to change it up a little bit. They may have to add, I thought the one that was good when they did the La Llorena, when they had that other guy come mm-hmm. in, or whenever they went to that doll place or whatever it was, like that, the, the island, island of, of, the dolls? of the heads. with The, the island of the dolls. Whatever. So that was like the, the first supernatural one or something. I don't but know. But didn't they also do a La Llorena with him, or they had somebody else talk about it? Yes, they do. I think they need guy. to they need to add that aspect of like a guest or somebody just with the history of the area to like kind of just mm-hmm. I mean like when they did the exorcism not the exorcism they went to get blessed before like they went to the, see the father oh, yeah like again it, they just need to they need to add mix in it up. some like new things yeah that's fair they just need to mix it up that's fair um and you know more about this than I do because I've only seen snippets but uh, this show you're watch yeah criminal yeah yeah. Yeah. We watched first the French version, then we watched the Spanish one, and there's a whole bunch of versions. Yeah, I saw that on Netflix. Is it like the same show and different nope. things, or is it so, just... Different countries, different um, interrogations. 
So there's criminal France, criminal Spain, criminal UK, criminal Germany. And that one has David Tennant in it, right? Yeah. So I've watched the... We started with the criminal France when you were out, and then we watched the Spain... Well, I've been watching it mostly. Um, it's good, though. I like it. I think it's um, it's very interesting on how they do interrogation, and it, the whole. St- if you get a chance, um, the whole premise is just basically... Uh, the police capture a suspect, and it's interesting to see how different countries work and how their legal systems work. So it's just like the interrogation. It's just the interrogation, and it's usually within hours of them being—they're um, not arrested. They're some of them are just—they're just interviewing them. So they and just again, the difference between French law and Spanish law um, is much different than U.S. law. Hmm. Uh, and then I don't know about—I mean, I'm assuming Germany and. The UK will also be slightly different, but uh, but it was well done. And there, there's only three episodes per country, and um, they're all you know. It's a very episodic. Um, the the actual interrogations are episodic, but then there's kind of this serial issue with the interrogator. Mm. Somehow there's something like you know, just there's you know, backstory, background, baggage. That kind oh of yeah, thing. I saw that in the Spanish one. That yeah. was interesting. But I like it. I think it's kind of cool. And if you can guess what's going on before it happens, it's kind of like that's what I like about it. Is trying yeah, to figure out. You yeah, you definitely yeah. got it like immediately so, when we were watching. But it's good. I I, I recommend. Um, I thought there was another show that I was watching, but I can't remember now. But that was that was pretty much it. And it's called Criminal, right? So Criminal, yes, on Netflix. The, I mean, the big thing that's coming is when this releases. It's the best month of the year because uh, it'll be October. Well, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> now it's time. So every night or day, there's gonna you be... should all of you should be watching something in the spooky, spooky. Yes, in that genre. <laughs> Stay away from the torture porn if you can, because I don't think that's like Saw. Yeah, but um, I think uh, AMC may be doing Thirty Days of Halloween. I think somebody yes. is doing Thirty Days of Halloween. Freeform is doing it, but it's not going to be free... as good. It's like hocus uh, pocus. Because that's like ABCs. Oh, those aren't bad. Like the... Well, no, no. It's not like scary. Yeah, yeah. But those, the there's, having a good, fun, you know, like uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil kind of thing, <laughs> that's that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, but there's a bunch of films coming out um, October 4th. Yeah, uh, I saw that on, on like Netflix. Yeah, so. Um, I have to check and see what they are again. But the next one I think I'm going to watch Stephen King actually wrote, a, I don't know if, you, oh, if yes. anybody follows him on Twitter, but he basically said, for all you sickos out there like me, him, he's himself, uh, Marianne is the next series to watch, which he just said is unbelievable. And I think it's foreign. I just don't remember what which country it's from. Hmm. I think it's either French or Spanish. I can't remember. Interesting. But it's about a witch, so it looks good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um... Before we get to, before we kick it over to oh, soccer geez. corner. No, no, no. <laughs> that could have gone in my tea. Yeah, well, it should have. No, don't throw corks at me. This is not okay. Anyway, at least you don't have a cork anymore. Anyway. We'll talk about Liverpool. Yeah, I but could talk about Liverpool. You can in a second. I was going to bring up. Oh, you should bring that up. That's yeah. the best. That's a be- Actually, that's the best thing that happened this week. You yeah. want to do that before Liverpool or you want to Oh, that's fair. We end should, that. We should end it on that. Okay. Okay. Kick it over to. Soccer corner. <laughs> um, I don't think by the time they, yeah, they can't call social services by the time they hear this because it'll be too late. Um, so <laughs> Liverpool is now, they are seven for seven in the Premier League, top of the table. Again, I say this every week. It's early days, but happy days. Um, they are still, I think, five points ahead of City. 
but it's a again city. Who knows? At any point, they're just great. They're, so I still think City's the best, the best team in the uh, in the Premier League. But this week, Champions League, we already lost our first game away. So we play uh, Salzburg at home on Wednesday. So when this is out, so if you're listening to this early at two forty-five or I think three p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, if you get, I think it's on T- TNT, TBS, Bleacher Report, whatever it is. Should be watching that game. <laughs> should be wearing red. It's a oh, big yeah. game. I we saw have a guy to in a Liverpool shirt today. I almost actually said a nice it's funny. Shirt. Uh, we were in uh, uh, over at Pemby for uh, picking up food or something like that. On that's our like local marketplace. When did when was that? Sunday, maybe Sunday. I was wearing my no Saturday because I that's yeah right. yeah that's what I was wearing my Millie shirt and uh, some guy stopped us and had this whole conversation. <laughs> Your mom's like, oh my god. <laughs> Again, go Reds. But it's oh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so it's still good, good news. But um, next week we play Leicester at home, which is big because it's our old coach before Jurgen Klopp is now the coach of that team. Ooh. So it's the first time he's back. Brendan Rodgers is back at Anfield. So, I mean, he's going to want to prove that he can beat us. Right. Um, and right now we've won 15 games in a row. Whoa. So uh, the record's 18 I think it's 15. Maybe it's 16. I can't remember. No, 15. And um, seven. No, it's 16. Oh, my God. No, it's 16 games. We're two away from the record, but uh, tying the record, I should say. But this Leicester game is going to be tough. So, again, hey, go Reds. Got to win Wednesday. Got to win Saturday. And then it's international break. They take a couple weeks off. And then they Man United after that. All right. Well, if you want to pass the ball back to me... um... (laughs) I'm going to cover our our big thing. Shout out to Jackie again because you're the best person ever. Um, basically, was this yesterday? Was yeah, this? it was yesterday. Yesterday, Jackie just randomly texted me. And she's like, hey, you home? I have something for you. And I'm like, yeah, of course. When do I ever leave my house? And then she comes and she brought us a card for our one-year podiversary. And oh my gosh. I was just... It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. And it's so sweet. And there's a little ghost with, like, a little, like, hat. And, oh, it's so, so sweet. It's absolutely awesome. And, you know, now, um, just so you know, Ghost Adventures is on Hulu. So... You know, you're really getting in the doghouse. Now you're going to pull Jackie into the doghouse? (laughs) Okay, then. Listen, she told me that I have to force you to watch Ghost Adventures. There is no way I'm going to watch that show. I, the guy is a walking stick, like our trunk. I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I mean, even the words out of his mouth. Like, I mean, how you do not lose That's brain cells. That's why you need to watch it. No, I. Oh my god, there's enough going on in the world that we have to watch that to make us dumber. Listen, thank you so much, Jackie. It's amazing, and I love it. And yes, he will be watching Ghost Adventures mm-hmm. for the fans. Mm-hmm. For the fans, they mm-hmm. want you want they want. Look, do you guys want him to watch Ghost Adventures? Yes, you do. Let us know. Email us. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I think that's our ending bit, right? So we can jump into the stories. Yeah, I have to count to ten again. <laughs> All right, what are you doing this week? I'm doing a ghost story. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. I guess we're going to have to hear that. And if hey. you have any, any, any references, references to Zach Vegas, you're done. He's not in it, I promise. Okay, then. Well, then we can hear it. <laughs>
All right. So today I'm taking you to Ireland. No, I will be. I will not be using an Irish accent because I can't do one. Um. <laughs> so, uh, I'm doing a building, or more like a bunch of buildings in this one place called Montpelier Hill. Okay. Um. So what? Okay. I don't. Oh, I, I don't. Thought you were saying something. Okay. So. Um, these buildings... Think, is it like Montpellier or something like that? Well, maybe. But it, like, it used to be called like Mount Pellier Hill or something okay, like that. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. Well, I guess it's in Ireland, so it's not really a French. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's it's fine. I'm not really going to be calling it that for most of it because I'm focusing on some of the buildings and some of the people. Okay. So anyway, uh, these buildings were built throughout the 1700s, right? Um, and this place has a lot of history okay and it's a lot of like titles that are associated with this history okay uh so in 1737 richard parsons the first earl of rose or ross or something i don't know um and james wardsdale who was a painter actor and fraud <laughs> um they founded the hellfire club hellfire club sounds Ooh. like a simpsons episode <laughs> well you know it's a little violent but i guess simpsons episodes can be kind of violent anyway so this club included other notable figures like henry the fourth baron barry of santry who ended up being tried and convicted for murder in 1739 so good on him um so he wasn't a club member for long no he okay. was not right. um the first earl of carhampton uh Colonel Henry Ponsonby, Colonel Richard St. George, and Colonel Clements, who you don't need to know who any of these people are, but I just wanted you to know like that they have titles. They're important, apparently. So um, at first, the club, it feels really weird to call them a club because they're kind of satanic, um, but they call themselves the Hellfire Club. So, you know, got to get those extracurriculars. So anyway, um, so at first the club met in a tavern in the center of Dublin where they would drink scalphine, I think it's called. Never um, heard of it. It's a drink, obviously. It's a mixture of whiskey and hot butter. Ugh. Yeah. It hmm. doesn't sound good, but I, I, I don't even know. I don't really like whiskey, so I couldn't tell you. Well, I guess if it's bad whiskey, maybe you put it, but if it's good whiskey, don't. Why are you spoiling it? It's be. the Irish. <laughs> sorry, oh, no. Sorry, I mean, sorry, they, sorry. The Irish have good drinks. That Remember, got Guinness. It's not for Oh, yeah. Thing. Isn't that... Should we tell that story? No. Let's just keep going. That's a funny story. You can tell on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Stay tuned. Anyway, <laughs> so at their little hangouts, they always left one chair vacant. Okay. For, for the dead? The devil. Oh. Okay. For old Lucy himself. Anyway... Um, this just, when I was writing this, it just made me think of like, you know, when you're out to eat and then you like ask someone to borrow the chair at their table, like, what if you just went up to them and you're like, Hey, can I use this chair? And they're like, no, that's Lucifer's chair. <laughs> I think I just have to leave at that point. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just found that really funny. No, that's, um, that's a good point. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm picturing that now and I'm thinking like, we might if, just use that anyway. Like you should use that you now. Could. You could be like, I'm sorry. that's the devil's chair. And then they'll just, like, stay 300 feet away from you. Well, I guess it depends where you are. Or 666 feet away from you. Okay. <laughs> Cheers to that. Anyway, um, so, by the way, their mascot was a black cat. 
which is kind of important. And also, what? I just think their imagination pretty much sucks, but keep going. Oh, that's, that's pretty fair. Um, remind me later to show you the painting of this cat because it is amazing. And I hope that I remember to post it on our Instagram because it's really something. Anyway, so at some point, the club began to rent the Connolly Hunting Lodge, which was part of the, the tavern. The, no, part of like the Mont okay the buildings okay right so the first they were in the center of dublin now they're like renting their own little space Mm -hmm. for their club hangouts no girls allowed um so was it really no girls allowed or just like (laughs) we'd like girls allowed but no girls really want to see us because we're crazy i think it was probably we'd like girls allowed but no girls want to see us because we're crazy so we're gonna say no girls allowed that's what i thought yeah Anyway, <laughs> so there's a legend about after they had rented this area uh, that on a stormy night, as all legends usually start, a stranger stumbled upon the grounds. Stumbling inside to seek shelter from the weather, he found the Hell Cl- Hellfire Club calmly playing cards. This is the thing that I was asking you about before. Uh-huh. It's a little bit different, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they invited him to stay. And play with them and he was like yeah sure i love cards i learned texas hold'em and ap latin after we took our ap test and had nothing else to do just me no okay anyway um <laughs> so as they were playing uh one of the hellfire club members dropped his card so he stooped down to get his card from under the table and he looked at the stranger's feet only to find they were not feet they were cloven hooves of course uh was he wearing a kilt sorry keep going <laughs> this is ireland do i do you didn't tell me if the guy was scottish or not i guess well you didn't say he devil, was irish you just said that that's true does the devil like wear kilts i don't is know that something that he does it'd be cool it would be cool maybe the devil does wear kilts are they product kilts <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so good it worked so well okay i know everybody else is laughing even if you're not um so anyway when he noticed that the visitor um did not have feet but hooves um the stranger just disappeared in a ball of flame okay now sound familiar i agree uh there's a uh, this is more to the fans than to you oh okay it's like like (laughs) she's talking to me (laughs) so um on and that's how you drink M covered a story um, that was of Redmond Hall, or I can't remember the other name of it, but it's something like that. Uh, and it's also in Ireland. It's like Ireland's most haunted like house or something. Okay. And there's a very similar story associated with it, um, but it's not the same. So maybe I'm going to cover that soon just so that we have it. Um, so I drove myself crazy when I was researching this, and it sounded so familiar, but... That story is episode 50, so go listen to that because it's a doozy. Um, but anyway, so... Of, and that's why we drink. Of, and that's why we drink. Okay. Yes. I mean, you should listen to our episode 50, too. <clears throat> that, that's also... I was going to say, like, that was only a couple episodes ago. I don't remember this. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Ours is good, too. But right. um, go listen to theirs as well. So um, there's another story about the grounds when the Hellfire Club was hanging out there um, that a priest was visiting the house... And I don't know why. He just stumbled, I guess. I don't know. But uh, he found the members mid-sacrifice of a black cat. Um, 
And so the priest just yanked the cat from them and uttered an exorcism, and a demon was released from the corpse. So, I don't know. Good job. Uh, I okay. I don't know if that means, like, it went away or it was just released into, into the, the world. Yeah. Because if so, it's not great for the priest. Um, Willow, I don't know if you guys can hear, but our dog is kind of growling right now. Um, anyway, so the the Earl of Carhampton, who I mentioned yep. earlier, uh, it said that he made a deal with the devil to settle his debts in return for giving the demon his soul uh, in seven years. But allegedly, uh, he distracted Lucy when he came. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I like calling him Lucy. Anyway, when he came um, to collect. So he just distracted him and like ran away. Uh, and, you know, maybe he just outplayed him on the fiddle. Doesn't seem like it was that hard. Um, so many sacrifices on the property have been reported, um, mostly about like of animals yeah um but apparently on one occasion a dwarf was sacrificed um and all of these sacrifices took place as parts of black masses which are basically the satanic version of normal latin masses from the roman catholic church i don't know christianity um so at some point uh during the hellfire club's reign the building was damaged by fire <laughs> Um, but there are many stories as to how this may have happened. Um, one account says that the club set the building on fire when the owners refused to renew their lease, which, what a great way to handle that. Now, they're bound to give it to you now, guys. What? Um, another story claims that the club members did it just for the aesthetic, just so that it would look cooler, I guess. <laughs> which, I, I mean, yeah, you're called the Hellfire Club. I guess it makes sense. Um. Yeah, street cred. Yeah, uh, but also you're like ruining the one of the buildings that you're like living in. So, I don't know, just paint flames or something. <laughs> anyway, the last variation tells that after one of their black masses, a footman spilled a drink on one of the members' coats, and in retaliation, he poured brandy all over the offending man and set him on fire. Oops. Oh, man. Then the fire spread, killing many people and damaging the building. Oops. um so however way it happened whatever way it happened it happened there was a fire and it kind of ruined a lot of the building of the house um so because of it they moved to a different house on the property the killicky steward's house and the name that i found this story by was the killicky house okay so that might be the name you know it by if you know I it at all. Don't, but if people, you know, I think I think she's talking to you people. <laughs> well, that's what you might know it as. But uh, so that house is farther down the hill, um, and that fire luckily sort of led to a decline in the club's activities. Um, but don't worry, because they killed themselves, or well, I guess it was just kind membership? of devastating, and people were like, "Oh, that's." I mean, I'm down with sacrifice and. Wait, so like I mean, demonizing cats, but anybody could be a fire. member. That's how they they were they weren't. They weren't. I don't really know. It seems um, like you'd have to have like certain you know strict guidelines on to becoming a member. You know, I wonder what those guys, like male. <laughs> <coughs> kind of a loser. Kind you of. like black cats? Exactly. Um. Anyway, so 
Don't worry. The Hellfire Club revived itself in 1771. So all this is not happening over a very long period of time. Like, it's... it's, it's we're 37 to 71, right? Yeah, but that's not too long in the grand scheme of things. So we're still, like, we're still in the 1700s. Yeah, fair enough. So um, the Hellfire Club was revived in 1771 and active for 30 more years, uh, led by Thomas Whaley, who is the son of the guy who might have set that other guy on fire. Yeah, keep it in the family. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this revival of the club, um, I'm not sure if they went by two names or if they just changed it to be called the holy fathers i don't know but they they also went through this like this phase no i you know i think hellfire may cause a little bit more alert you know that's true the holy fathers just sound like you're really into religion or something like that Mm -hmm. i don't know but so meetings took pay took place back at that hunting lodge again even though it was damaged by fire um and at this point, members allegedly kidnapped, murdered, and ate a farmer's daughter. And there was no follow-up on that at all. So, okay. Um, and then later, Whaley repented, and the club disbanded in about 1800 when he died. Okay. But that's not the end of our story. Mm-hmm. The steward's house has had a lot more action in it since then. So... Um, that part, which I, I've talked about a little bit earlier, it was built in 1765. Okay. Uh, and allegedly this building is haunted by, you guessed it, a large black cat. Um, so the story, well, there's multiple stories attached to this building, but one of them is that the members doused a black cat in whiskey, again with the whiskey, and set it on fire, but it escaped and ran into the mountains with its fur still aflame. So I'm assuming that the, somehow the spirit is still attached to the house or something, and that could be the cat. Um, or it could be a different one of their sacrificial victims, as I'll get into later. <clears throat> so um, after the Hellfire Club disbanded, the whole property came into possession of the Massey family. Uh, and this is years later. It stood, like, just abandoned until they got it in the 1920s. Okay. So it took a while. Um, so the Masseys, they were like, one of them had the Lord title. I don't know where that puts them on the social chain, but kind of high up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're living in this house and a man named Anthony Harmon, uh, who was just sort of like a traveler. Um, he came to the house looking for money. Um, so Ireland had just been launched into a civil war uh, the house had been raided twice by the anti-treaty IRA guerrillas, and so um, their car was also taken. So tensions were high, and the Masseys had already lost a lot. Okay. So they were not really in a great uh, state of being. Um, and Harmon didn't help that, because even after Massey offered the guy five pounds, he became incredibly violent. He started trying to like push his way into the house. He actually managed to push his way in and got into the study uh, where their safe was held, which I don't know, know how he like knew that, but he did. Um, so he was trying to get to the safe. Then Lord Massey uh, pulls out his revolver from a nearby drawer and shoots him dead. Seems. Yeah, I mean, on the sense. up and up. Yeah. Um, 
The only thing, though, is the Masseys didn't call the police. Okay. The body stayed in their study for over a day um, before it was discovered. And the only reason it was discovered was because there were rumors spreading in town about a shooting happening. And the police were like, oh, we should probably check this out. So they go to the Masseys. I guess they just let them in. And they find the body with two bullet holes in it, one in the head and one in the side. Okay. Just on the ground near the safe. And um, Lord Massey was put on trial, but the jury said that they it was just an accident. Well, he's defending his home. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, they decided it was just an accident. And no, it wasn't an accident. He was defending his home. But like, I don't know. How's an accident? You pulled the trigger. I know, but it wasn't like it wasn't like he self defense. It's self defense. Fair enough. The article said accident, but yeah, self defense. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Um, then this happened, I believe, in 1922. I don't know if I said that already. I know I said 1920s. In the 20s, yeah. Then in 1924, the Masseys filed for bankruptcy. Okay. And it turns out that when they had gotten the house, they had actually inherited it from someone else. And um, they had, were already in a lot of debt. So this, it didn't even help when they got the house or anything. They just sank further and further. Um, and... Um, they got it from this guy who owned it in the 1800s, I think. I don't think he did anything with it, but, uh, his name was Maurice Fox. And so the house went to his daughter, Margaret Fox. Um, and that had sort of stayed with her for a little bit until 1968. Uh, the house was purchased by the O'Brien family, uh, and they wanted to develop it into an art center and tea room. Okay. Which sounds really cool honestly i would have gone there um and then on april 29th 1970 the irish independent reported that mrs o'brien after spending just two nights alone in the house had been terrified had been terrified by noises during her stay okay she said that her dogs were making a quote weird howling noise as if they were scared out of their skins she also discovered a great deal of damage throughout the house, despite no evidence of break-in or anything. It was just looked almost like ransacked or something. Hmm. Um, however, this wasn't the first time that the O'Briens had uh, strange occurrences under their watch of the house. Okay. Um, when they first got the house, they had hired a bunch of tradesmen to fix it up, um, and they refused to stay in the house because of, quote, ghostly happenings, a freezing atmosphere, and a door that would not remain closed even with an eight-inch bolt in place. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, one man, a carpenter, claimed that once he was by the store that was closed and he watched it open to reveal a black cat about the size of an Alsatian, which I looked it up and apparently it's a German Shepherd kind of thing. Um, so a cat the size of a German shepherd, um, that glared at him and promptly disappeared. Hmm. Uh, obviously no one believed him. <laughs> um, but a few weeks later, an artist who, the article said his name was Tom Massey, but it's not the same spelling as the other Masseys. So it could just yeah. be a coincidence. Um, but anyway, this artist, uh, he was helping with the final stages of decorating and he saw the, the cat crouched in the hall uh it's quote red flecked amber eyes fixed on him 
and then later he saw it again uh, and w- he was with another man when he saw it. And this time he saw it in the form of a small crippled man who was three feet tall, uh, just standing in the doorway. And when he and the other guy like stepped back, uh, it like turned into a cat and then just disappeared. Hmm. Um, so carrying on with the noises thing that they've been hearing, it made it impossible for the family to fall asleep. Uh, and so they had their house exercised uh, in the early 1970s. Um, and since then, the apparitions have not appeared. Uh, but there have been other ghostly happenings and poltergeist-like activity. Um, and it's not known if the house is still like actually haunted. Right. But it seems like it is if there's still ghost happenings and stuff. Um, and then... The thing that's strange that I read has been kind of conflicted. Some articles say that uh, it was turned into a restaurant, the house. <laughs> um, or it was a restaurant, and then now it's a private residence. Okay. And then some res- some articles say that it was, like, demolished. And I think it means that the original, like, hunting lodge was demolished, but the steward's house, the Killicky house, right. um, is a private residence. Okay. So... That's the story of Killicky House and the black cat. So was it? They didn't. It was a cat, not like a panther or anything like that. It was. It, was it looked a like cat it was just a little big cat. One like of a the cat. accounts just said that it looked like a panther, um, but I don't know if there are panthers in that area. So no, I don't think there are panthers in Ireland. I just was. I mean, who knows if they? You know. I don't want to sound stupid. If there are panthers in Ireland. No, I don't think so. I think I um, don't think that there are. But I'm just thinking that. Uh, if it's like these old men of, you know, some type of monetary means, who knows when they like were going to places and brought back exotic pets or something. Oh, yeah. But, uh, hmm. But it's interesting. I, I first, I knew only about the, the cat ghost and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I found this whole cult thing and I was like, oh my God, this is insane. So I thought that it would be a good story. No, I- Hellfire Club to the Holy Fathers. There you go. Mm. (laughs) Well done. Cool. Thank you. All right. So I am doing true crime, and it is a murder. I wouldn't call it... It's not like a lust murder like we talked about way back. It's just... I... Flat out, straight out, simple, you know, run-of-the-mill... Run-of-the-mill murder. Murder, I guess. And you didn't follow my advice, right? Because basically he was looking for a case to do. And I was like, oh, you should go to history.com and use like the on this day in history thing for the day this comes out. Because then it would be cool. Like, oh, and it happened today. And then you were like, nah. <laughs> no, I was... Actually, I'm trying to remember what I used. What was... I don't keep I my... found it or... Yeah, like my Google search is on like when I'm trying to figure out what... You know, just certain keywords of things like that. I don't know what what I how I even got to this, but it was another like list of murders by state kind of thing. Hmm. So this one takes place in Florida, and it's of around course. 1990. Um, all right, so this uh, before we get into the story, there's there's this um, subject matter that is kind of a binary subject matter. And what I mean by that, you know, you either you're for it or against it. Like it's just zeros and ones kind of thing. There's no like gray area in this kind of thing. All right. So um, 
So this is basically about clowns. Oh, no, no. So again, you either like <laughs> them or you it, don't. Against it, against <laughs> it, I'm against it. I would say that movies definitely have skewed the clown uh, persona as evil. John Wayne Gacy, too. That was my next bullet. John Wayne Gacy was uh, what could have been the tipping point, I think, in all <laughs> matters of the of clowns during his reign of terror in the mid-70s. Um, but Stephen King... Point? <laughs> That's the book we're reading in AP Lang right now. Um Stephen King didn't do him any favors either when he uh, published uh, it, it in the, uh, I think, mid-80s. Um, actually, also during the mid-80s, uh, Detective Comics, DC Comics, and Batman also put oh, their... The Joker, right? Yeah, they took the Joker to his darkest recesses of, of the Joker's mind and all things evil. I mean, there was two major graphic novels during that time. One was called Death in the Family. And if you haven't read it, I want to spoil it, so... But let's just put it this way, that the way the final... It actually was a comic book before it became a graphic novel. I mean, they just put all the, the, the comic books together. But the way the death happens, they had people vote if the person <gasps> lives or dies. And I'm not going to say anything. And if you haven't read it, it's, it's a great comic book. And then the other one was called The Killing Joke, which was... Oh, that's the thing that they just made into a movie, right? They did make it into a movie, but, but I don't think... It wasn't think the, good, right? Yeah, people weren't happy with it. But that's also... I mean, it's it's got depravity with Batgirl, Commissioner Gore. I mean, it's not like, it's dark rape, things like that. But that was the Joker. So again, the 80s definitely had their way of taking clowns to another way. And and personally for me, um, and well, I should say before even that, but you know, with John Wayne Gacy, we had these things in the 70s where people were dressing up like clowns and like walking around playgrounds. Happened in the 80s, happened in the 90s, happened in the and it happens almost every decade. And I think every 27 years. Well, the, tw- the, the one that happened more recently was because it was coming back around. But it yeah. was definitely around, even in the 90s when it happened, it was around the TV movie of, um, right. of it. But, um, but again, the thing, for, the thing for me was that, you know, clowns are always this weird thing. And personally, the one that spoiler for me was poltergeist which was also the 80s and it wasn't a real clown it was a, oh yeah it was that doll yeah and that, that thing creeped me yeah, out so that that in itself so clowns just you know were bad news okay? yeah that i agree but again i think depending on where you were in this world and what you watched you either like on clowns still do a whole host of birthday parties and things like that you know what i mean and then you have your howdy doody of the 50s and things like that and you have ronald mcdonald yeah and then um and then Cross even like the, the say the Simpsons. Like, so there, so there is definitely this thing. It's a Simpsons theme this, this episode. And the other thing was, um, I mean, a lot of this was urban legends too, right? Like there was a bunch of urban ur- urban legends about clown killers and things like that going on, and um, but they weren't really around the streets. And I'm I'm not sure with John Wayne Gacy, but I believe he never killed anyone while wearing the clown suit. I thought he was just no, that was I just he dressed up as his job, job, right? Yeah, yeah so. Um, it just became this crazy story that kind of got its own legs and just ran, right? Mm. For whatever reason. And well, big clown shoes. That was not the case on May 26, 1980. Oh, that's definitely not the day this episode comes out. Or sorry, 1990. May 26, 1990. Still not the day this, this episode comes out. This is the story of the murder of Marlene Warren. Interesting. The name rings a bell. Okay. Well, for my sources, 
I fir- you keep making me feel bad because I never say my sources. Well, this one, like the Orlando Sentinel had a lot to the point where like I couldn't read anymore because I had used up the amount of articles I was allowed to read because they followed it from day one. Like they had the day of the 26th when it happened the following day. So I was really reading oh, wow. into there and I was trying to get more and they had more things and then I couldn't read it. So I had to try every other browser. I was cleaning my cache trying to get to the <laughs> things. I mean, I'm not trying to take money away from there, but I wasn't going to like subscribe to the Orlando Sentinel because I wasn't going to read. It's Florida. Well, I mean, unless what? there are more crimes. People <laughs> people had something, oxygen.com. Other newspapers did, CBS 12, the local paper, MSN, Sun Sentinel, um, which was different than, oh, actually, no, Sun Sentinel was the problem. Orlando Sentinel was not the one I had an issue with. Sun Sentinel I did. However, the one I did the most was I finally found like a 48 hours uh, from CBS. There was a 2020 and a 48 hours. And I just ended up watching the whole 48 hours, mm. um, which was because of the way I was trying to do my story was trying to get everything, like do the crime timeline and all crime that stuff timeline. and get it all put together. Um, so this was a great layout. So I didn't want to just steal it though. So I took some of the pieces there, but I used their timeline to kind of write my piece. So I took a lot from that, that episode, which was um, relatively recent. It was in January of this year that hmm. they did it, but the 2020 was in 2017. Okay. So those are all my sources. Um, and we will just kind of right, get right into it, huh? Think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, crime timeline. Crime timeline. Marlene uh, Twing, I think was her name. Twinge, Twing. I don't know how you say her name, but that was her maiden name. Was uh, born in 1950, and she grew up in Florida. Her parents, uh, no, good family. Um, her mom did divorce, and she got a, had a stepfather. So, actually, I don't actually now know if her that her maiden name was actually her stepfather's name or if she got oh, adopted right. or whatever. But she was a smart kid, basically a Renaissance woman to say. She was very good in school. She had a knack for business from the get-go, um, but she was also into art. Um, she painted portraits all the time. And coincidentally, at the age of 14, um, she painted portraits of clowns. Oh. And her mother still displays her portraits of clowns. And, I, and this was in this... Um, I th- saw this on that 48 hours. They were incredible paintings. I mean, very realistic, uh, like people dressed in makeup, but Ooh. you know, like you could, if you looked at them, you could, you could see through their eyes. I mean, it was amazing for 14. I was like, holy crap. But wow. it's just so weird that she painted clowns and she had this, um, she, she loved clowns. She's had adoration for clowns. Hmm. Um, while she was in her teens though, she got pregnant and she gave birth to a boy uh, Johnny, and then I believe she married the father, and I think she was still like sixteen, seventeen, oh. like that kind of thing. Um, and then she had another um, boy, Joe. Huh. Um, and I think they were only a couple years apart. Uh, now, while she was still in her teens, she then got divorced. The marriage just—I mean, you're that young. I don't know how. Well, you yeah, do I it. mean. And so that that fell apart. And then at the age of twenty, she met a man named uh, Michael Warren. Michael Warren. Oh. Okay. So got they it. got married Warren. and she took his name and Marlene Warren. Mm-hmm. Now, Warren, Michael Warren, uh, immediately hit it off with the boys. Like they were young. I mean, they were toddlers at the time, but um, he was great with them. Boys <laughs> liked them. Like nothing, no issues. Like, you know, happy family. Something tells me that there will be issues very soon. Um, by the 80s, Marlene and Mike moved to Wellington, Florida. And they lived in this kind of resort complex called the Arrow Club. 
and it was called the Arrow Club because it was a um, gated community kind of thing. So you, the only way you can get in, you know, you have to go through security and like that. Um, but behind the homes, every house basically was along a private airline strip. So people had private airplanes in their garages and they could just fly out. Like it was wow. a pretty, you know, you had a, you had, I don't say had to have money, but you had to be pretty well off to live there. I don't think they had a plane though, but they were well off because they own multiple businesses. Um, and most of them were in Marlene's name. So Marlene actually ran, they had a whole bunch of rental properties that she managed and things like that. And they got a lot of income from there. Um, Mike from, before the mar or whatever, or he had always loved horses, so he actually raised, I think, racehorses. So they had a couple of horses there. And then Mike was also a used car salesman, and he had his own sales uh, company or cars company called Bargain Motors. And, you know, they rented, they um, sold cars. They also repossessed cars. They had that side of the business. So they were pretty affluent in that case and were prosperous and, you know, doing very well. In late 1988, Marlene's son, Johnny, died in a car accident. Wait, how old was he? He was only 22. Oh, no. And it hit Marlene hard. I mean, it was her firstborn. Right. And um, and again, she wasn't that old either. She was, I mean, she had him, I think, at like 16 or something like that. So she was only, she was like 38. Um, And it hit her hard. And at that moment, her relationship with Warren, I mean, Mike, uh, started to sour. It just started to change, like after the death. And with her husband. With her husband, yeah. Um, and he, Warren himself started to become very much an absent husband slash father. Just was never around the house. And that's just like the the way that they he was dealing with his grief. Or I don't know if it... he had as much grief, or she just like I don't know if she became. She must. I mean, depressed. Who knows? Like yeah, I mean, so, that's her child. Right. Um. So all that just basically was going on, and. You know, Joe would say that he didn't see him anymore and like he needed him at the time because his brother had died and all these other things. And he just said it was weird. There was lots of fights with the mom and dad, oh. that kind of thing. So May 26th, 1990, mm. Marlene Warren, she's now 40, is at home with her son, Joe. And uh, Joe had broken his leg. So um, he was in a cast and mm. he was, uh, he had friends over that morning and um Normal morning, like nothing strange and nothing out of the ordinary. But Marlene was cooking breakfast with uh, one of Joe's friends, this woman, Jeannie Pratt. Mm-hmm. Joe's hanging out in the living room, you know, just kind of waiting for food, that kind of thing. At around 10.50 a.m., they heard a car pull up. And the way their house was situated, like they had these beautiful two, like, glass double doors and, like, a, a U-shaped driveway. So the dr- the car could pull in almost right to the to the front of the house. Like, kind of like uh, Dottie's house, like, oh, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Um so they could. So the car pulls up. They see it. They can hear it, and you know they're kind of looking at it, like what's going on. And they notice that um, that this clown is coming out of the car with balloons, like uh, mylar balloons. And I uh, know this story. And uh, <gasps> um, uh, flowers. Oh, I okay. totally know this story. All right. So then Marlene opens the door, and the first thing she says is, "Oh, how pretty." Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh. And then Joe and Jeannie heard a loud sound, and then they first thought it was the balloon had popped, and they looked over, and they just saw Marlene fall over. <gasps> so immediately, they knew something was wrong, and the clown just turned without making a sound and just starts walking away. Jeannie goes running over to Marlene, turns her over, 
And as she turns her over, she sees that there's this big hole right in her lip. Oh. Um, and Joe is now freaking out. Jeannie's freaking out. Like, there's blood, everything. And Joe's, like, trying to run, but he's hobbling on this cast. Mm-hmm. And he goes flying out the door, and he sees a white Chrysler LeBaron with its engine still running and the door open. And the clown walking still towards the door. Again, it's not that far. Right. And he's screaming profanities, like, at the clown. The clown just turns around and looks at Joe. Looks straight at him. Oh my god! Turns around, goes back in the car, takes off. Did he get the license plate? No. No. He then goes running, well, as much as he can run to his car to go chase. But you know he's hobbling to get he's, to there. Yeah, he's, he's trying to get the keys, too. everything else right. Jeannie jumps in the car with him, and by the time they go after, the car's gone, like just disappeared. Oh. They go flying back, and all this is happening. The neighbor calls nine one one. Right. By the time they get back, there's police, there's an ambulance, they're all there. And um, they're talking to Joe, what happened, what do you see? And he's like, well, explains that it was a car. It's a white Chrysler LeBaron. Um, there was a clown. The clown was dressed in makeup. It had white, red clown or, or uh, white and red clown makeup, a fuzzy orange wig, um, but really dark brown eyes. And he said, I could see the eyes. Like, I mean, they were so big. Oh, my God. I just remember looking terrifying. at those eyes. So um, he explains that the that the shooter had gotten back in the car, it calmly got back and just kind of drove off. There was no squealing of tires, just slowly got into the road. Um, like, you know, there was nothing else to it. And um, while Marlene is now being traded, treated by medics, um, they're, they're just trying to get more of an idea of, like, what they should do. And they get her to the hospital. And she's put on life support immediately. There's a bullet lodged in her spine. Oh, my God. Wait. So she got shot, like, right in, like, the lip. And it went down? I guess, yeah. Or it went to the back of her head. Oh, right. I forgot how far the spine goes. So, you know, Joe had given that description. And all the police could do is just put out a, a be on the lookout, a bolo for a clown, which is not really helpful. Right. Around 1.30 that day, Police get an anonymous tip from a female caller telling them to look at the husband, Michael, 38 at the time, and a woman named Sheila Keene. I remember that name. Who's 26, I think, at the time. Marlene's mother, who, of course, finds out all about this, would tell police a little bit later during, or actually right after the, the she finds out her, her uh, daughter's been shot, that Marlene had had a conversation with her, her name's Shirley, with his, her mother, Shirley, a few weeks prior to the shooting, and Marlene told her mom that if anything happens to me, quote, Mike did it, unquote. <gasps> Joe, the son, also remembered a conversation he had with his mom, which she told him that they would be moving soon. Ooh. So police, of course, start focusing on Michael Warren immediately. However, at 10.50 a.m. on May 26, 1990, Michael Warren was in a car with a bunch of buddies on their way to the racetrack. Hmm. He was not the clown. Interesting. So Mar- could have sent someone. So Marlene is still, of course, unresponsive. This is all like still right. kind of same day. She's can't talk to detectives. So the detectives immediately try to track down the flowers and the balloons. Okay. So as well as the clown costume. They call every florist. They call all the grocery stores. They call like basically um, costume stores and everything. And they make a list. They finally catch a break early, like within, I think, the day or the next day 
where they could contact this costume shop where they said, oh, actually, yeah, we had just sold a clown costume and makeup. So they go in and they meet these two owners, these two women, and they said that two days before the shooting, they had sold this clown costume and this an orange wig and that makeup to this to a woman, and that um, when that woman came in, she had come in right, she was in a rush, she had come in right before closing time, and they're like, look, we're closing up, oh. can we just, you know, and she's like, I need this, I need this now, and they're like, look, just come back tomorrow. And the woman was so adamant about that she needed it now that they're like, fine, whatever. Um, when they asked to describe the woman, the owner said that she was pretty, slim, had long, straight, chocolate brown hair, and had big, big brown, brown eyes. eyes. <gasps> so they brought her down, they brought the two people down to the um, uh, police station and just gave, show them pictures of people that they had as suspects based on, you know, what they had like heard what so the far. description was, yeah. And one of the owners immediately picked out Keen, just said, that's, oh. yeah, where, and said, but the other owner said, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that's the person, so. Wait, did they do this together or separately? Separately, I believe. Okay, because that would make more sense. So now Keen is also a suspect. She was a single mom, and she had recently been separated from her husband, and she worked at Bargain Motors. Wow. And wow. she was one of the repossessors. So, you know, she went out and repossessed cars, right? And she was known to be just a fearless badass. A co-worker right. who was interviewed by police around that time had said that Keen kept a thirty-eight revolver with her because when she went on these repo runs, you know, people would come out with shotguns when she's, you know, she's basically taking a car that somebody believes they own even though they, they don't because they haven't paid. But people will get violent when you take their property because you have to sneak up. Like, technically, you're not stealing it, but it looks like you're stealing the car because you break into the car, take it, and go off. Right. So that's why she would carry this gun, or at least that's what she said, why she carry the gun. Mm -hmm. So then the police um, talked to this woman some more, and she said this was not an open secret. I mean, not a closed secret. <laughs> it was an open secret that Keen and Warren were having an affair. Like, I mean, it was known, like, they'd been seen together all the time. Rumor was that they basically were, ha they've had sex in the office. Like, it Ew. was just, it was not. Being hidden. It, or if they did, they were doing it poorly. Um, and it was believed that Marlene knew something was going on. And that's why she was ready to move and, and that kind of thing. Maybe get a divorce. Right. So the police tracked down the balloons to a grocery store. Interesting. And when they're talking to the people, they find out that on 920 of the day of the shooting, a woman came in with long brown hair and Big bought the two balloons. Oh. They, didn't, they didn't say anything, but long brown hair. Sheila Keene lived less than a mile from that store. Oh, my God. So now they start questioning Michael about the affair denies it doesn't know they just i don't know why people just want to say things mm -hmm. you know happily married then they talked to keen queen's keen's like we're just good friends what are you talking about and she just said look i don't know i i, I wasn't i was repossessing cars when this happened and they're like uh -huh. yeah well what were the car which what car did you repossess she couldn't remember uh-huh now they go to her house and they start talking to neighbors, and they start mm -hmm. talking to the security guard. She's also in a gated community. And the neighbors are like, they thought Warren, because he had visited so many times, was her husband. <gasps> and the security guard, who owned, has the gate, said that he never had to call for permission for Warren to go in. It, he had a little card that said, Oh my that God. Keen said that, just let him in. That's so ridiculous. He was there a lot. Way to cover up your tracks, lady. 
Now, the problem for the police is this is all circumstantial evidence. Oh, they have fair. nothing else. It's also all rumors. May 28th, two days after the shooting, mm. Marlene's mother arrives at the hospital and she's with Joe mm. and she's basically brain dead. Like there's oh. So they remove her from life support. Oh. And within minutes, she's Marlene dead. dies. Oh, God. So on May 29th, they do the autopsy on her and everything, and they remove the bullet from Marlene. And it was consistent with either a 38 or 357. Hmm. So now they have more evidence towards Keen because it was told that she had this gun. Right. Like, um, did they test it, though, for what kind of bullet? Um, well, like what kind of gun? they never found a gun. Oh, I forgot about that. I so it's still circumstantial, but again, it's not looking great. Yeah. On May 30th, so this is four days after the shooting, police find the white Chrysler LeBaron abandoned at a Winn-Dixie store. Oh. All right. The store Isn't is- Isn't that the cup? Or- No, I think it's it's a store. I don't know. Oh. Um, okay. Never mind. Oh, Dixie Cups. It was um, equidistant between Marlene's house, which was eight miles away, and Keene's home, which was nine miles away. Mm. They also found in the car orange synthetic fibers- and brown human hair. Brown hair. It's hers. So within hours, police get a search warrant for Keen's apartment. But can't you like not do that anymore with hair? Like, isn't it not? Or like, I don't know if they tested it or anything, but like. What are you talking it, about? Like, what do you mean? Isn't like DNA from hair. Like, I know they didn't test for DNA, but DNA from hair is no longer. It's like junk science now, right? I don't think that's Unless you case. have like the follicle. I don't know about that. Because I thought that they said that it no longer is I, reliable. You might be. I haven't heard that. Um, let us know. Well, <laughs> let me know if I'm stupid or they not. They did DNA tests on the orange fibers and the brown hair, and they returned it to be similar to orange fibers that they found in Keen's apartment and her brown hair. Mm. But it was still considered inconclusive. And again, at that time, DNA was only you know in its infancies, infancy um, in the 90s. So... What they also found out was that that, that white Chrysler Baron had been reported stolen. Oh. And this is where it got kind of weird. A month earlier. It's not weird already with a clown? A couple, a couple had rented the car from a rental company called Payless mm-hmm. Rentals. However, when they wanted to return the car, they went to the, way back in the day, we were before the internet, we had the yellow pages, <laughs> and you'd have to pull up this book and you'd have to look. So they went to go look for to return this rental car. And when they were going through, they found this ad that said pay less. And they called and they said, hey, we want to return our car. And the, the folks said, oh, okay, well, just park it over here somewhere on this road. Just leave the keys in the visor. We'll go get it. And they thought it was kind of weird. That's very weird. You don't do that. Right. So they, but they did it. And then they left. And then when they came back, the car was gone. So then they called pay less again. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. We never would have told you that. And then what they realized was that, and this is, in the yellow pages, there was an ad for Bargain Motors that said, pay less. And they were actually being, um, I don't know if they were being sued, but they had had a complaint filed by the real pay less to say, like, your ad is uh, basically confusing. Right, because you're competing with us, and that's our name, this and that. So they, and they believe that, um, well, what they found out later was that they were stealing cars regard- right. and as well. But um, that in itself caused um, the police to say, we need to get a warrant for bargain motors. So Good. they did. 
within hours of that happening. Oh, damn. And they go in, and as they're looking through all the paperwork and everything like that, they discover that uh, Warren had uh, committed insurance fraud, grand theft auto, and financial fraud. Oh, yeah. And the oh, woman yeah. that before had said that they were having an affair and all this other stuff, she also, again, was interviewed about this. She was the bookkeeper, mm. but she defended him, like, saying, like, he would never kill his wife, and... They, she said that I was being bullied to say things that I shouldn't have said. So they mm. were trying to get me to f- uh, forcibly say forcibly say that oh, um, he killed his wife or hit, this was all these things going on. But she didn't. And um, but she co- cooperated from the bookkeeping perspective. Warren would be um, convicted and sentenced to four years for fraud. However, it took two years for this to go to trial, and by that time. The case just went cold. No, no leads, no nothing. Dad. They didn't find the gun. They didn't find the clown suit. They didn't find the wig. Okay. So Keen by this time just like left Wellington and moved away. Mm-hmm. And this case was not. Just kidding. All right. So. <laughs> oh my God. So now we're go. This is, uh, I think this was in. 94 like all this happened like he Mm -hmm. goes to jail she leaves he gets out like around 97 okay so it gets out like three and a half years or something like that okay um in 2002 oh my gosh that's when i was born keen and warren get married in las vegas oh are you (laughs) they move to kingsport tennessee oh my god and they open up a restaurant the purple cow oh my god they also buy a resort vacation home right over the border so where they are from t- in tennessee virginia is like right there so it's it's not i mean it's just like driving distance from the right. from the restaurant how are they place. so rich um well apparently he did get a uh insurance, insurance from his wife from the death of his wife yes so after marrying warren keen changed her name mm, to warren <laughs> as well as her first name oh no oh no she went by Debbie or Deb. So Sheila Keen is now Deb Warren. And everyone that she meets from 2002 on know her as Deb Warren. Right. Purple Cow know her as Deb, Deb Warren. All the people in Virginia know her as Deb Warren. So not only that, mm. she bleaches her hair blonde. Right. So the Warrens' new neighbors thought that these were some great new folks. They're awesome. The, the one neighbor, just like we we all support each other, blah, blah, blah. We're all of great. Of course. However, the, peop, the Purple Cow co-workers, or employees, I should say, had a completely different story of the family, saying that... Were they on, uh, what was it called, Kitchen Nightmares with <laughs> Gordon Ramsay? Kind of. They could have been. Basically, they were saying that they were bullying, aggressive, uh, very difficult to work for with... Um, you could see the aggression they'd, you know, yelling matches, this thing like that. And they also, though, because they worked long hours, you know, they worked six days a week, that kind of thing. And the Warrens were there. Like, they weren't, like, you know, delegating. Like yeah, they were yeah. always at the restaurant as well because they had to make it work. Um, but then on late nights, they would all get together and drink. Hmm. And one night, it was told that they drank a lot. And then there was this rumor that Deb had talked about, you know, killing Mike's first wife. So all these rumors were going through, kind of going through. Oh my God. So that was just, but it was all rumor, right? Mm, So, rumor. 2014, 
the Wellington Police Department decide like, okay, well, we, we go through cold cases all the time and they reopen the murder of Marlene Warren. Good. Does Deb know about this? By this time, the Warrens have sold the purple cow and are now retired in this Virginia vacation complex thing. Okay. In 2017, police have this breakthrough. And this was in all the papers and they wouldn't tell anybody what they had, what they had gathered. But based on new DNA techniques, they retested existing and could retest or test new things. On August 31st, 2017, a grand jury issued an indictment for Deb Sheila Keene on first-degree murder. Yes! On September 26th, 2017, police in Virginia had this elaborate checkpoint thing because they just didn't want to say anything, and they were just checking cars here and there, and when their car came through the checkpoint, they just asked for ID, they got their ID, and they arrested her on the spot. Yes! Her... um, the I don't know how this happened, but somehow, maybe it's public record, but the police ride was you know recorded mm-hmm. and you see her in the car and it was posted on facebook people were tagging people from the purple cow tagging all this but they tagged gina pratt when she finally got uh arrested because i think they got her original name they went from it was deb warren to um sheila keen mm-hmm. and she was just like in the car like whatever like not freaking out like completely stone cold her mugshot she's smiling like it's oh, just really Really weird. Like, they're all saying, like, she doesn't seem to be worried about anything, as if, like, you know, this, that, or whatever. She just seemed like, whatever, you know. So, all this is going on. Mike is in the car when this happens. Oh. And he's just like, uh, he's, you got the wrong person. Are you talking about? This is crazy. I don't know what's going on. And even Marlene's like, what's going on? So, when she's getting in- interrogated. Wait, she, Marlene? I mean, sorry. Um, Deb. 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 Sorry, when okay. Deb is... uh being interviewed in turn she's like where's my husband is he where is he what's going on like that kind of thing um but they're now building this case mike warren is not off the hook yet though after this all happened the police get a tip that they believe that there's a car in this canal a canal that was around some person whose father was working at Bargain Motors at the time knew that this car was disposed of. So they went and they uh, ret- retrieved the car out of the canal. And mm-hmm. they, the they, police haven't said anything about what was found, but rumor was that they could have found wig, gun, who, who knows what else. Now, again, it was in the water for over 27 years. That's true. So, That's going to, you know, who knows what's there, what's not. Other information that had become forward was that Michael had asked his lawyer if he would get the life insurance policy on his wife if she died. And the lawyer was like, as long as you don't kill her um, and she dies, yeah, you know, if you don't, you didn't kill her, then she, you'd get it. There was some other stuff about like, you know, if you had a clown, what if a clown did, like it was some really weird. Wait, he like asked if a clown The like, lawyer too, like uh, this was one article that I just like, I kind of dismissed it, but it, they, they had talked about like that the scenario had come up about if like a clown showed up and killed the, killed that's so um, yeah, weird. I don't even know. Why would you just... Oh I don't know what to... I don't believe that's real. No. I just... But when I, when I read it, it was, it was in the paper. Um, another witness uh, believed to have heard Michael talking about that he was having marital problems that, you know, and he had to get out, but he couldn't divorce her because she would take at least half and a lot of the stuff were in her, her name. So it was just out of the question. Oh, my God. Um, 
And then, so the investigators have not crossed him off as a, as a suspect yet. It's still an ongoing investigation. Um, Deb Warren Sheila Keene is scheduled to go on trial on in February 2020. <gasps> if she is convicted, she will face the death penalty. Now, I'm against the death penalty, just so you all know. But uh, that's the... What a the piece killer clown. of trash. Both of them. Yeah, no, it, it, the re- just reading about it, like, I mean, the thing is that they had all this evidence at the time, and at one point, they were going, they just never did anything against them. Like, I mean, they had all these witnesses, and it was all hearsay. They had no physical right. evidence on yeah. the part. But I don't know. I feel like with all the things they had, and when they were interviewing the police, so this was as of, like I said, the one sh- the one tw- 48 hours was on January of this past year, and then they were interviewing the uh, scientists that are doing DNA, and they just said, we have rock solid. Like, we, you know, they, they weren't saying what they had, but they're like, yeah, this is a no-brainer, like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then they just said, when they asked about Michael Warren, they said, he has not been removed as suspect. We're just still building the case. So I don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to try to get, I mean, if they have enough evidence that they can definitely convict her and she's going to try to not to get the death penalty, maybe she turns over evidence because Maybe, yeah. even though she's married to him they weren't married at the time so it's not like a spouse like you can't you can't um um i can't remember what the, there's a law that basically yeah i right? want to learn more about that law because i don't know that much about it but yeah you can't testify against your spouse, your spouse yeah. i mean you have to waive it but you can't be forced to right but I, again they weren't married when this happened right but i don't know how that works Very so yeah so yeah there you go that's really good i definitely heard that. i don't know I think it might have been my favorite murder that I heard that on, but that was a good case. So I'm thinking "Send in the Clowns" is my song, but I don't know if that's bad. I have to listen to it. I don't right. know. I don't know what I'm going to use for my case. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, there you go. You, wow. Ready with your fun fact? Um. Yes. All right. Well, then let's close it up. <laughs> All right. So this week I have a clown fun fact for you. Um, there's a couple good ones, but I'm I'm gonna go with this one because I think it's kind of strange. So uh, this is from Mental Floss, and they have a seven things you didn't know about clowns, which is there's a bunch of really good ones. So okay, clowns must follow the eight clown commandments, which um, they include quote remembering that a good clown entertains others by making fun of himself or herself, and not at the expense or embarrassment of others. Unless you're um, gonna kill him. Yeah, and um, they have to promise not to smoke or drink while in makeup or costume or shoot someone. Um, and but knives are okay. Yeah, knives are fine, of course. Yeah, and to quote biting off arms. <laughs> Keep going. And to quote, remove my makeup and change into my street clothes as soon as possible following my appearance, so that I can. And also to remove the evidence, so you're not <laughs> caught for killing someone. Yeah. Uh, so that I cannot be associated with my incident that may be detrimental to the good name of clowning. See? So, the- <laughs> so eight clown commandments, which I'm sure there are more of them, obviously, but that's my fun fact for this week. It was pretty interesting. There's a code, man. There's a code. The clown code. You have to follow the clown code. Exactly. Um, so if you want to send in your own fun facts or you have a story suggestion 
or you've experienced a paranormal thing or urban legend, true crime, all that fun stuff, uh, feel free to send it to us. Our email is everythinginpodcast at gmail.com. You can also submit it through our website, which is www.everythingpodcast.weebly.com. We also have some other fun stuff on there, so check that out. Um, we are on social media. Our Instagram is at everything in podcast. Our Twitter is at between underscore podcast. We have a Facebook group and page both by the name of everything in between podcast. Uh, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please, 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 please rate review and subscribe. It really, really helps. And we really appreciate it. Um, and also, uh, we just discussed it, but all of our episodes, uh, our cases have different song titles for them. Uh, so we've compiled these songs into a playlist called The Soundtrack In Between, which is available on Spotify, so check that out. It's really cool. Um, my computer is yelling at me to charge it, but <laughs> I think that's all I have to say before we're done. So is that everything? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so check us out there. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever the deal is. Um, and I think that's it. See you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.